Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today we're going to break down some of the numbers and metrics you should be tracking within your business, how often you should be looking at those, and what to do with those numbers. This used to be something that was like a dread to do at the end of the month, or I would get to it like way later in the month, um, or not even at all at uh, certain points in my career. There was a point in time where I would run my business solely off of how things felt and how things seemed. Like, oh, things seem really great. I think I'm gonna give so-and-so a raise. Oh, I think everybody deserves to go on a trip to California. And we'd, we'd just do things like that often, or I'd bring on benefits before I put them in the cash flow plan and I would make it work, but I really ended up stressing myself out and giving me a lot of um, ex- excess worry because I wasn't following a cash flow plan and I also wasn't tracking certain numbers or rewarding the right behaviors. Um, that was also whenever I used to pay commission. I no longer do that and more on that in another episode. And if you've been listening for a while, you already know why. Um, I think commission doesn't reward the right behaviors, um, and there's a much better way to pay your team if you do have a team, but that is not what this episode is about. This one is just about um, what you should be looking at, and whether you work by yourself or you work with a team, this is so important. When I started doing this, and I started looking at these numbers on a consistent basis, my business completely changed. From one year to the next, our numbers doubled. I was able to pay my team more because of course when the company is growing, everyone should be making more money. That only makes sense and that's only fair. There was more benefits that were brought on. Um, So we do things like PTO and health insurance and um, paid vacations, like lots of fun things. Um, Of course with COVID now, things are a little different. We haven't gone on a trip in a while. We also haven't been doing a lot of um, team bonding events like we usually do, but The point being that whenever I started actually tracking the numbers and not shying away from them, everything changed. I was able to see what story those numbers told and I was able to act on them and make changes in my company and um, I recommend it so much. So if you're not sure where to start, this is a great episode for you. So the first number that you should be looking at is productivity. Find a way for um, your software to pull all of these reports that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to deep dive into the most important um, like three and then I'm going to tell you the other ones that are important as well. But the first one being productivity, that is just telling you how busy you are. It's a metric showing how many hours were sold out of how many hours are available. A great place to be is above 75%, but not above 90%. In that range, whenever you're getting to 90, 95% productivity, you or someone on your team is at risk for burning themselves out. And for those of you who are trying to build a team, um, a good place to start hiring somebody is when um, the rest of your team is sitting at 70 to 80% productivity. That way, when you bring someone on, they're able to take on Uh, newer clients and just overflow so that you're not letting anyone sit in the 90-95% range. 
And if you yourself are booked to the max, you're in the 90% productivity range and you want to bring someone else on, you've really got to be strategic with your time so that you can train them to be good enough to take some of your clients. And then you can take that extra time poured into marketing and other parts of your business that um, that will need you. And uh, you can even hire more people from that point because you'll have the time to train them. Once your team gets bigger, uh, you can step back even from training and you can train um, some leaders on your team how to train. And so that's how you can kind of scale your company like that just by looking at productivity numbers and kind of managing uh, when it's time to scale based on how busy you are. One big thing that can um, be a detriment to productivity is just not having enough availability for clients to book. So if you have a lot of 15, 30, or 45 minute gaps, but your service times are an hour, two hour appointments, an hour and a half appointments, how are you able to fit in an additional fill or full set if um, there is just all these broken up gaps? So uh, making sure that your clients are booking their appointments before they leave helps you get the control of setting up the clients to be flush Uh, the appointments to be back-to-back, and then you schedule out your lunch break, um, and you're able to create the openings for the the anticipation of, like, getting those booked with other clients. Um, Because a lot of times, if somebody needs to book an appointment, but they see you don't have an availability for when they need, obviously, they're going to go elsewhere. So it helps you to attract more people when you have open appointments. So you got to make sure that um, your schedule looks pretty flush. I'm not saying don't eat, don't give yourself breaks. You could even make it to where you have a buffer time in between each client, but you still should put all of the like appointment, um, like the actual appointments back to back, um, even if it contains a buffer within it. Or if you like to see three clients and then a break and then another three clients and a break or take a certain number of clients per day, whatever. I do advocate for taking breaks. I just don't advocate for random little gaps throughout the day that aren't purposeful for like, this is my break for X, Y, or Z. So this brings me to the next one I want to deep dive into. Uh, This is pre-book. Your pre-book rate should show you a percentage of the clients that are booking their appointments before they leave. This should be pretty high because... For lash extensions especially, um, we see our clients about every two weeks. So most people, I'm going to say, know their schedule in two weeks. If somebody is saying on a consistent basis, like they don't know their schedule, they might be telling the truth. But if a lot of your clients across the board are saying that, they um, they may not be fully satisfied. You might be uh, not retaining a ton of clients because they're not super, super happy to the point where they want to make sure that they're locked in for their next appointment. So the pre-book rate is important to know because it's kind of an indicator of client satisfaction. Like how happy were they when they left? So happy that they wanted to make sure that they're coming back on the time that they want. The more that they wait to book their appointment, the less likely it is that they're going to book an appointment again. A lot of people also, if they wait they end up um, calling, you know, the day that they need a fill. You all know these people. 
and you don't have anything that day and then you don't even have anything for like a week out sometimes and especially more so if you have all these random gaps in your day and you don't want to be calling and moving people around of course to fit them in or staying late or coming early um, eventually that client like fizzles out because they need somebody that's going to just get them in right away. But I feel like um, the biggest thing is like that first appointment, if they weren't completely satisfied or sold on you, they may say, "Uh, yeah, I don't know my schedule. Let me call you. And that's a really big red flag for me to see that um, on a consistent basis with any artist. So um, if you have someone on your team that a lot of clients are saying this about, make sure you're pouring a lot of time and energy into that artist and growing them and growing their skills and growing their like communication skills and how they're um, scripting and appointments for uh, what to tell the client about aftercare, what to tell the client about um, when to come back for fills. And it might also be that they just don't make a big deal about pre-booking when they leave. For us, it's a script um, at the very end. We make sure that we're giving them a recommendation on a product and we're giving them a recommendation on when we wanna see them again and what service to book because that's also part of it too. If a large percentage of your clients are booking before they leave, this is a really good thing. It gives you control of your schedule and lets you put them exactly where you want them. You have breaks exactly where you want them. You can create breaks for yourself for social media marketing, or you can create breaks for yourself for training other staff or whatever you want to do. You can just have complete control of your schedule. And um, it also makes sure that you're giving, like I said, enough time for additional clients to come in the door. So I love um, tracking pre-book. It's a really good indicator of like how happy people are. If you're ever just unsure of like where you're sitting in your business, all softwares should be able to show you this in some way. You might need to call your software like customer service and ask them like, how do I see these, these numbers? Just a little digging through like the report section of your software should help you do this. If you are somebody who's booking through text or just doing like pen and paper, that's not doing you any favors um, for like tracking things um, or the scalability of your business at any point. It might be easy for you that way, but, but having a booking software is really going to help make your business look a little more professional and it's going to be cool to pull numbers and reports that you'll need. It's also... And for tax purposes, I'm not sure um, how you guys are doing that, but just make sure that everything has like a paper trail in case you ever were to get audited or anything. Make sure you're doing things the right way, especially in paying your taxes and get a get a professional like booking software and just kind of elevate uh, yourself in that way. That way, if you ever want to do like a price increase because you're getting super busy, it's like justified. You're an actual business. You're not, um, you know, just trying to run a legitimate business like under the table it doesn't it doesn't work the next one i want to deep dive into the rest will kind of um i'll kind of just give an honorable mention but the next one is uh retention rates and you can break this down into new client retention and returning client retention so a first time client retention rate is a percentage of clients that visited for the first time in any specific month that return within a specific time frame. A lot of times this report is run for like a 90 day period, but for our industry, if you do lashes, um, it might be different depending on if you have other services, but if you just do lashes, it might be wise to run this for two months or even one month because 
of course, they're coming back within two weeks. So you should be seeing a return visit at one month, I would say, if you're doing lashes. If you're doing brows um, or if you're doing lash lifts, that, that one might be like two months. Uh, but if you're doing like hair and stuff like that, that makes sense um, that they're spacing their appointments out. It also doesn't matter whether the client returns to, you know, the Tiffany on your team and then next time they go to Sarah. It's just a first-time retention rate of the entire business. Like how likely are they to come back to the business is what we're trying to see. Before I jump into um, what you should be seeing as far as first-time client retention numbers, I want to clarify the difference between existing client retention and new client retention. Obviously, existing clients have been in your business before, so anyone who's been with you two or more times and is an existing client, your booking software should be able to differentiate the two. Um, we use Mevo and they're great at reporting, but uh, this number, existing client retention, is usually higher than first first-time client retention, and here's why. You kind of already have a rapport with them. You have a relationship built with them. The longer that they are with you, the more likely it is that they're going to keep coming to you. This number should be around 85% because we naturally see a 15% um, just like drop off of clients from either taking a break for financial reasons, maybe they moved, maybe their sister just started doing lashes, whatever it is. This is called attrition and it's natural to see that. So around 15% is what we can expect. Therefore, we want our returning client retention to be as high um, or as close to 85% as possible because at that point we can expect to see about 15% of our clients naturally falling off and it not be something that we can necessarily control. So now the question is, what should first-time client retention be? So in the industry, in the beauty industry, the average first-time client retention is around 30-something percent, and this includes like hair, nails, everything in the beauty industry. So if you pull this report and it's showing you that you have 40% first-time client retention, it's easy to think like, oh yes, we're at 40%. Like that's great. It's not great because 60% of people that come to visit you for the first time are not coming back. And that's a big red flag, um, especially if you do lashes because even if the client intends to come to you just for the full set for like a wedding and doesn't want to get fills, that person should be so blown away by their experience and by their lashes that they want to come back. So we usually see people that they're getting lashes because they want lashes and they don't want them one time. It's very rare that you see someone pay, you know, a pretty penny for the full set and doesn't intend to like keep them up. Um, that's, that's a lot more rare. So we want to make sure that we're aiming our first-time client retention rate also to 85%, but it's more likely that that number is going to be a little bit lower, but that doesn't mean it's acceptable or like we should just write that off. Just make this number as high as you can get it as well. And if you see like this huge gap between first-time client retention and existing client retention, then maybe you should look at like what's really going on in those um first time visits that you can maybe look at. Like, what is your scripting like? Are you doing enough like education on how to take care of them on yada yada? Like, or are you just waiting for somebody to call back with a problem before you like address those things? So those are the three main um, ones that I wanna dive into today. 
but I do also want to leave you with a list of other ones that I like to pull on a consistent basis as well and just give you a brief description of what they are, what they're going to show you. The first one is frequency of visits. This number is an average of how many times your clients come to see you per year. Obviously, the more that a client comes to see you each year is less money that you're spending in marketing and just more money you have bringing in that's kind of already sitting there. But this number is directly correlated to like what you're telling them in their first appointment, like as far as aftercare and uh, what to expect and like when basically you're telling them to come back when you're pre-booking them. So this number you're easily able to manipulate. Um, and manipulate in the way of like you can change it, not like you're being manipulative uh, because we're not trying to tell clients to come in sooner than they need, but we also don't want to tell clients to stretch their appointments out so far that it's one, making their lashes really, their follicles really stressed out because they're very grown out. And two, it's making our jobs a little e or a little harder in fills whenever they're coming back only like once a month. Their lashes are all grown out. We have to address all the grown out ones and we have to put new extensions on the naked lashes so we need to be recommending like a realistic time to where, you know, their lashes are still looking good when they come back in, but there's still quite a bit of work to do, especially if um, their lashes are growing at a normal rate. So I recommend to my clients to come every two weeks. This gives me time to address all the grown out ones. It also makes sure that in between fills, she looks great and her lashes still look good. I don't want to confuse the recommendation for coming back for a fill to be like, misunderstood for how long the lashes are lasting retention should still be amazing her lash line should be super full or his should be super full when they come back in they should still be getting compliments when they come in for their fills but that doesn't mean that there's not a ton of growth happening in between appointments so two weeks is a really good time to address all of those um, grown out lashes apply new extensions to the naked ones and um, it also just makes sure that they're not walking around with like scraggly lashes or super grown out extensions. So to sum that up, frequency of visits, just the amount of times a year your clients are coming in, um, that can be changed by your pre-book recommendations easily. This number is also driven up, um, of course, by our retention rates too. So if we're able to keep our clients happy and uh, giving them a consistently great experience, then of course the number of times they visit per year is going to be higher on average. The next super easy one is your retail sales. You're probably able to see the number of clients who bought a retail product each month. And so if this is a really low number compared to how many clients you saw, then you maybe need to step up the way that you're talking about the aftercare products and um, their aftercare routine. They should be purchasing a lash cleanser from you, not Amazon, from you every other month um, if they're using it regularly. If they're only buying a cleanser every six months, that client is not cleaning them regularly, and that also uh, plays a factor in their retention and how well they feel too, because they've gotta be itchy sometimes, they probably pick at them sometimes, and it's not healthy for the eye area to like not wash it. So with regular use, they should be buying a lash cleanser like every other month or so, maybe once every 90 days. So kind of just looking at like the number of clients buying retail, it should at least be around, around 40 to 50% of your clients are purchasing a product every month. Retail sales are a significant amount of our total sales. Um, so we just need to make sure that we're staying on top of that and we're not missing out on money that's, um, that's there. The next report to pull is the number of first time clients you're seeing per month. Looking at this number can just tell you like what forms of marketing are working best for you. If you just did a promotion on Instagram or you did a certain thing on Facebook or whatever it was, 
Um, or if you're like, you know, doing more TikToks and doing more reels, you're able to see like upticks in like the number of first time clients that you're seeing. We typically see like a steady number each month. And then if we do um, like a lot of reels that month or whatever it is, then we'll see like an uptick. If you start to see this number go down, it typically means that you're turning people away. And that of course might mean that you're just not hiring people um, in time. So of course, tracking your productivity would help you uh, manage that too. Other ones um, should be clients who have not been back. And if there's like a trend on what service that they're not coming back to, this is a really big um, indicator that we needed to change something with our lash lifts a couple years ago. We were using a very popular brand that um, had very short service times. Uh, lashes were getting somewhat um, damaged in the process. If you guys have listened to my episode with Ruthie Bell, she explains aggressive versus gentle solutions. And um, we've had such great success with switching to Ruthie Bell just because the lashes are actually left healthy and the grow out phase, they look completely normal. They don't look weird. They're not unruly or anything. And uh, we've seen a lot more or we've seen a lot better retention with uh, our lash lift clients, um, just like we do with our lash extensions where we didn't used to see that before. So pulling a report of clients who haven't been back in, you can check in on them. You can see if there's a trend with any one service provider or one service category. Um, another thing that we like to track is client complaints. We actually log these manually anytime we get a call or an email. We're writing the client name, who worked on them, what service they got, the date, everything, and we're able to spot any trends. We can see um, what solutions were given to the client and whether or not that relationship was uh, severed or repaired. So love looking at that. Another important one is liabilities. So let's say you sell a lot of gift cards during the holidays. That's not yet money that you can spend because it hasn't necessarily been used in your business yet. So liabilities is just kind of like letting you know how much money you are liable for. Like if your business were to shut down today, you'd still be on the hook for these um, gift cards. Gift card sales shouldn't be like a strategy in um, saving your business or getting you through a bad month or something like that because it's a liability. So just running a report on liabilities each month is good. Uh, cost per hour too. I look at cost per hour um, every month and then every six months I kind of assess uh, the average of the last six months and if I need to raise any prices on any of my services. The cost per hour is basically telling us um, how much it costs the business to do one hour of a service or 30 minutes of a service or two hours of a service. If you're pricing yourself based off of your competitors in the area, it's a bad idea. You need to look at your own overhead and your expenses and look at it each month and see if they're changing. As you start giving raises and stuff like that, it changes. And so you need to make sure that like you're raising your prices accordingly if you ever need to because running a cost per hour report or having a spreadsheet that does this um, basically will show you how much you're spending and how much you're bringing and then you're able to see like okay I need to charge this much for an hour of time or this much for 45 minutes of time and so your services that are an hour or that are 45 minutes you're able to price them correctly and if any of them are falling out of line with that then you know like oh okay our volume fills need to be raised by x amount of dollars um, to still be profitable. Uh, this is also really important to know just because 
when you're giving free services or discounted services in your head, you're like, this is costing me X amount of dollars. I need to make sure that I'm still covering myself if I ever do choose to do that. So now that we've gotten through which reports are important to track, let's talk about how often you should be pulling them. These, all of these reports I pull monthly. The ones that I look at every day or more consistently are if anybody had like um, a rating on our software, they can, they get like surveys sent to them and they leave a rating. I look at that every single day just to make sure that they're all positive. Um, that way if one is negative, I can address it right away. Something I also look at every day is retail sales and service sales. We have goals each month that we're hitting for both. And then so we can break that down by day and we can break it down by basically how many clients we're seeing that day and what we should expect to hit in retail. It keeps us accountable for, you know, our pre-book recommendations and also our product recommendations. Every two weeks, I look at a report showing clients that haven't been back in or don't have an appointment on the books that way I can reach out and help them get scheduled if they need and then from that point on we can really sell them on like hey you actually have to pre-book before you leave because it helps you a lot like make sure you have an appointment in there and we usually get them pre-booked after that everything else like productivity pre-book retention um, number of first-time clients number of clients buying retail cost per hour, liabilities, those numbers I pull every month. And then um, again, the ones that I pull every day are just our ratings and our service sales and our retail sales. The ones that I pull every two weeks are the clients that haven't been back and um, I we check in on them and just make sure that they aren't having any trouble uh, getting in. So if any, of, um, if any of these numbers seem alarming to you once you pull the report or if they come at a surprise, um, it is all it needs is a little bit of attention in that area. What things can you do to drive your pre-book numbers to make sure people are wanting to book before they leave? Can you change the way that you're saying something whenever they're checking out? Can you make that checkout process maybe a little smoother or faster or have it pulled up already? That way, whenever they're checking out, it's like, the option is there for them right away. If it takes longer than one minute to check them out, they probably are, you know, ready to go. But if it takes less than a minute, they're probably going to do it every single time because it's that easy. And you can also bring your team into it and say like, hey guys, um, we are, our retail sales are really low. What can we do to help drive these sales up? How can we sell more lash cleansers? Maybe we need to educate our clients a little bit more about the importance of cleansing. If you're trying to drive up numbers like your retention, um, in what ways can you make clients see the importance of coming back like every two weeks? Uh, retention's also driven by pre-book. These numbers are very much like linked together and they'll all go up whenever one changes. So a lot of times the difference is in education to your clients and to your team. So just giving each, each area just a little bit of TLC um, really helps these numbers drive up, but you can only start by looking at where you're at right now and that's how you get better because you have to kind of know where you're sitting to know where you're going. So I hope this episode helped you guys. If you have any questions, send me an email, shelby at lashbossradio.com and I'd love to chat. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll be back next Monday with the next episode.